just when I was starting to get maybe a little bit nervous about the lack of buzz from LSU in the transfer portal, boom, more transfer portal palooza. You are locked on LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked on LSU. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're also part of the Locked on Network, your team every single day. Well, happy transfer portal time of the year. Happy early signing day time of the year. And honestly, I don't know about you guys. That was actually what I planned on my podcast being about today uh, was about the lack of buzz, the lack of talk about LSU and the transfer portal. I was thinking about it yesterday. Like, man, like I do every podcast about news. I react to things that are happening, games, press conferences, transfers, recruiting, whatever it might be. But today might be a podcast about the lack of news because I think that is just as newsworthy as actual news itself. But just when I thought I had everything figured out, the news cycle proved me wrong. A ton of transfer portal news, both players coming in and going out from LSU. We'll get into all of that today. Today's edition of Locked on LSU is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off of your first purchase. Let's get into it. Let's first touch on who's leaving in LSU before we get into who LSU is bringing in. It was announced today on Friday that defensive back Sage Ryan has entered the transfer portal. Now, Sage Ryan was a star, a fixture for this LSU defensive back group, started nine of 12 games, and Sage Ryan was one of those guys that LSU had to move around a lot. We kind of expected that even going into this season because in spring ball and fall camp, Sage Ryan was moving around a lot to either corner, safety, nickel, whatever it might have been. He was came into LSU as a safety. But, of course, we all are very aware of the cornerback depth or lack thereof on this team, and then especially when you had the injury start to hit. Of course, Greg Brooks, unfortunately, with his situation, we continue to keep him and his family in our thoughts and our prayers. Denver Harris didn't really work out. This chestnut didn't really work out. You had injuries all across the board for Sage Ryan to have to play a position that wasn't necessarily natural to him at cornerback. Um, and let's be honest, the defense, the defensive back group wasn't good. The secondary was truly, truly awful for LSU this year. And Sage Ryan wasn't an exception to that. Now, that's no disrespect to Sage Ryan, because truly, I don't know if the problem was personnel or coaching or probably, if I had to guess, a mixture of both this season for LSU. You know, and each each individual players had their moments. Sage Ryan, one of them. Major Burns had his moments as well. Um, but overall, this is a defensive back unit that has struggled. It's been struggling. And Sage Ryan was put in a position, quite literally put in a position that he didn't want to be in, that maybe wasn't his natural position. So Sage Ryan... The news of Friday is that Sage Ryan has entered the transfer portal. I wish Sage Ryan absolutely nothing but the best. Sage Ryan was a five-star recruit when he came into LSU. Just never really came to fruition. 
sometimes a player like that with such high expectations and things just don't really go as according to plan. Sometimes you just need a fresh start. Sometimes you just need a change of scenery. Sometimes you just need a change of coaches, to be honest with you. And so I hope Sage Ryan finds that. Truly, I wish him nothing but the best. Um, you know, hopefully we get to see him playing on Sundays. Wish him nothing but the best. If you can't offer anything to this team anymore, then go ahead and move forward. But there still remains, and now even a bigger problem, the issue remains of defensive back depth at LSU. I mean, they need some help. They they need some, they needed help, and now even more so, they need help now losing a consistent starter in, in Sage Ryan. You've got Zy Alexander that can come back. You know, you've got Denver Harris that I assume would come back. Ashton Stamps it can come back. He's got three years of eligibility. Of course, Javian Toviano, he'll be coming back. But that's not a ton of experience, nor is that not nearly enough depth. Now, LSU did add a little bit of depth today. We'll get into that coming up next. But it, it was a problem before, and now it's an even more pressing problem now. What I would like to know is what went on behind the scenes. If you're a player that wanted to transfer and has wanted to transfer for a while, like you you played your, your year, you think, I just need something else. You probably enter the transfer portal or at least announce your intentions to enter the transfer portal as soon as the season wraps up. You probably enter the transfer portal as soon as it's open. Sage Ryan has entered the transfer portal now two weeks after it's been open. And I would like to know why. I would like to know if there are perhaps conversations that he had with the coaching staff where the coaching staff said, hey, Sage, we're talking to a lot of DBs, both safeties and corners in the transfer portal. We're liking our chances of landing these guys. We don't know where that is going to leave you on the depth chart. I mean, I think that's best case scenario that LSU is looking at all of their riches and saying, look, Sage, we don't know where you're going to end up in the pecking order. Best case scenario. Worst case scenario, in my opinion, is that Sage Ryan looks at this coaching staff and says, you know what? F this. Like, I don't like I don't want to stick around with this. I don't like this coaching staff. I don't like the direction where the defense is going. I don't like the secondary coaching. I think that's probably worst case scenario because that probably is not a sentiment that is only had or felt by Sage Ryan. If he felt that strongly about it, I, I have to ha feel like that's a, a common sentiment or at least a shared sentiment with some other players um, in that DB room. And we haven't seen a total clearing of the, no pun intended, of the house at that position group. So it leads me to believe that it's something personal with Sage Ryan. It's either conversations that he had with the coaching staff or it's something just personal. Like he just wanted a fresh start. He wanted to go somewhere else, just kind of just about him. And if that's the case, then fine. You know, wish him nothing but the best. Uh, but again, the need for defensive backs absolutely is still there. Another quick thought that I have on that. And I don't know if this still applies because this is now old news. Um, things can change. But Brian Kelly spoke at his press conference. This was a couple weeks ago. He talked about how he and he expects 10 of their 11 defensive starters to be back for the 2024 season. Now, again, things can change. Maybe some other defensive starters have changed their minds since then. And so now it's going to be 8 of 11 or 10 of 11 you know, or excuse me, 9 of 11, whatever it might be. 
But if Sage Ryan was indeed that one player that Brian Kelly was not accounting for coming back next season, again, things change. That would mean that both Makai Wingo and Mason Smith are returning for the 2024 season. And I think that is massive. And I see all of y'all on Twitter. I see all in the comments saying, why is everybody hyping up Mason Smith? He's not that good. He hasn't done that much for this team. Mason Smith is first round talent. Did he give us first round production this season? No, he didn't. You're going to need more from Mason Smith moving forward. You didn't get a whole lot out of a lot of your defensive players, but you don't lose Mason Smith and get better. Having Mason Smith back next season, ideally with an a shakeup of defensive coaches that could actually tap into what he does best, I think is really going to help this defensive line. That also another defensive position group that is struggling with depth. So Sage Ryan announces on Friday that he is entering the transfer portal, but let's get into some better news. Players that are coming into LSU at two positions of need. We'll get into that coming up next right here on locked on LSU. I want to tell you about game time because whether you're buying Taylor Swift tickets and waiting in line for like three and a half hours, or if you're trying to get tickets for a sporting event or a concert and you end up getting there and it's not the view that you expected or they're really expensive tickets, we've all been there, unfortunately. But that is why I buy my tickets from game time. Game time is fast and is such easy way to buy tickets for all of your sporting events, concerts, comedy shows, theater events, etc. near you. They've got killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I now go to game time. That is the first place that I check for any ticket that I buy. And I mean that wholeheartedly, honestly, That's what I do. I went to go buy tickets for a family member of mine for as a Christmas present. Went on game time, checked the game, went through the entire process, which is an incredibly easy and quick process. Boom, bought the tickets, and I knew it was the cheapest price, and I knew exactly what they showed me was exactly what I was going to get. It's great. It's such a wonderful tool, and it's the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. Take my word for it, because I have used GameTime, and I use it several times. I've used it several times. So download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, L-O-C-K-E-D. O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, thanks again for making Locked On LSU your first listen every single day. We're part of the Locked On Network, your team, every single day. So we've got a bunch of transfer portal news. Locked On Net- The Locked On Network will have all of your up-to-date information, whether it's signing day coming up next Wednesday. We'll have a, sh- a full signing day of Palooza here on Locked On LSU. Check out Chris Gordy on Locked on SEC, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So we'll have up-to-date information of all of this craziness that is the month of December in college football. All right, I mentioned that Sage Ryan, defensive back, has entered the transfer portal, but LSU will replace Sage Ryan, so to speak. Maybe not necessarily exactly the same player. I think some of you might be thinking, I hope it's not the same player. But LSU landed a commitment via the transfer portal from junior 
uh, defensive back Jordan Gilbert from Texas A&M. Now, I texted our friend Brian Smith, asked for a little bit of a lowdown of what is LSU getting in Jordan Smith. He's a 61 tackles, two interceptions as a sophomore. Didn't play a lot in 2023. Didn't necessarily explain why. Didn't really know why he didn't play a lot in 2023. Only two solo tackles and one uh, pass breakup in the 2020 season. But you're getting a, a local kid in in Jarden Gilbert. He's from Louisiana, um, so I think that's an important thing. He went to, to went to U High, local kid, so that kind of satisfies one of Brian Kelly's priorities is bringing Louisiana kids back to Louisiana or keeping Louisiana kids home in Louisiana, building the foundation of this program through some of the top talent in the state of Louisiana. So that is what you're getting in Jordan Gilbert. Another thing that it satisfies, and it's not necessarily Brian Kelly's list, but more so me and Brian Smith's list of things that LSU needed to do in the transfer portal this season. And it's something that Brian and I talked about. And that podcast will be up on tomorrow's edition of Locked in LSU. So you can find that on all of your preferred podcast platforms and on YouTube. We talked about how it should have been a priority or it should be a priority for LSU to pick up a lot of the pieces being left by programs in question in the SEC. Florida is one of them. A lot of players entering the transfer portal from Florida. A lot of decommitments from Florida commits in this 2024 recruiting class. And ding, ding, by the way, one of them, one of their transfer portal players is from Louisiana. Name is Travis Etienne, if, you, if you've heard of him. Um, Texas A&M is the other one. The Texas A&M has several players entering the transfer portal, Walter Nolan most notably, uh, and they also have a lot of decommitments. And those players are from South Louisiana, East Texas, LSU's recruiting area, and also they're four- and five-star players. They're players that can be starters in this league and can help you a lot, if not year one, at least in year two and beyond. So it, it felt like a gold mine for LSU to kind of be tapping into and essentially taking advantage of programs that are in transition, Texas A&M being one of them. And honestly, I don't know why so many players are leaving Texas A&M. I think that they made a great hire in Mike Elko. I think that they made a great offensive coordinator hire in Colin Klein. I think that Texas A&M, honestly, now might be in a better position coaching-wise than they were the last few years. But, I mean, that's their decision. And if that means that I can, you know, enjoy the fruits of the transition at Texas A&M, then great. And that's what you're getting in Jordan Gilbert. The one concern that I do have is his lack of production and his lack of play in 2023. Why was that? Was it injury? Was it a system thing? Was he just simply not good enough? That's what I want to know. Because this LSU defensive back room needs depth. Absolutely, it needs depth. But it also needs talent. It also needs starters. And look, Jordan Gilbert, he was a four-star coming out of high school at U High. He was one of the top players in the state of Louisiana in that recruiting class. He's a top 10 player in the state of Louisiana in his recruiting class. And he believes that he was in the 2021 recruiting class. So that's what I, I, I don't understand. Was it just the fit at Texas A&M? Was it just, you know, just a coaching miscommunication? I don't know what it was. But if Jordan Gilbert can become a consistent starter for you, that defensive back room is in better shape today than it was yesterday.
doesn't mean that you're done because you are not nearly, nearly close to being done and building that DB room. But you at least add to it, add to the depth, maybe possibly add a starter, and you're doing it with a kid from Louisiana. Another name that LSU landed in the transfer portal today, a former four-star, another kid from Louisiana, that's Xavion Thomas, the sophomore wide receiver from Mississippi State. We talked about Xavion Thomas very slightly on the, the podcast on a podcast last week when I was talking about adding wide receiver depth, that you're not going to have Malik Neighbors next year. You're likely not going to have Brian Thomas next year. You're losing your two most productive receivers. Now, of course, you're going to have players that redshirted this year, like a Shelton Sampson that most likely will kind of take on a larger role, but that position group needed experience and it needed veteran presence. You're getting that in Xavion Thomas had 40 receptions for over 500 yards this year in one touchdown. Best game came against Auburn, nine receptions for 112 yards with a long of of a 32 yard reception. And that's where his lone touchdown on the year came. Now, uh, maybe not the flashiest of stats, not maybe not the you know the sexiest stats that I've ever seen. But also keep in mind, we saw that Mississippi State offense and how brutal it was against LSU earlier this season. Mississippi State's offense was truly horrendous, and they ran the ball a lot. Will Rogers struggled a lot in this new Zach Arnett system, so it doesn't surprise me that a Mississippi State receiver wouldn't have super sexy numbers. Now. With a guy like Xavier Thomas that has just the sheer talent. He's six feet, just shy of 200 pounds. He's super quick, super fast. Now, what can what can Mike Denbrock and this LSU offense do for a kid like that with a talent like he has? I'm excited about it. I think you needed some veteran leadership. You needed a guy with experience. And not only are you getting a guy from the state of Louisiana, you're also getting a guy that has that experience at the highest level, going up against some of the best defenses in college football, going up against an SEC schedule for the last two years. So Xavier Thomas from Mississippi State and Jordan Gilbert, the most recent transfer portal additions for LSU. Now coming up next, I mentioned how I was going to talk about a lack of news on today's podcast. One of those things was a lack of transfer portal news. And then, of course, the news cycle showed me, no, 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 there is no lack of transfer portal news. And I haven't really touched on all of it. So we'll continue to get into the rest of the transfer portal news and recruiting news over the next few days. But I do want to touch on a lack of news at an, in another area. One area that I surely expected to have a little bit more news by now. So we'll get into that coming up next after a couple of words from our sponsors. I want to tell you about prize picks because prize picks is the most fun that I have had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. And now during basketball season as well, because with prize picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, you can pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. So for example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey, it's a 10 and a half combo of three points made and receptions. Plus, you can also play alongside 
some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill, comedian Andrew Schultz. You can find that on uh, the community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community every single week. Try it out. I think you're going to love it because I love it. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, rolling along here on Locked on LSU. I started today's show by saying, look, I, f- I was fully prepared to talk about, hey, where's this transfer portal news? Hey, where's all, where's all this recruiting going on? we got a whole lot of holes to fill for this team. And we, we, as I mentioned, some more transfer portal news came out today. And I, I expect to see more news coming out over the next few days now that we're getting toward the latter half of the transfer portal window being open. Remember, under the new NCAA rules, the transfer portal is only open for 30 days in the month of December and then a a two-week period in April. What I still, still though, and to when you're talking about lack of of news, I find it very odd that it is now Friday, December 15th, and we have not heard any news on any coaching changes, specifically defensive coaching changes. Specifically, no news on changes with defensive coordinator Matt House. Brian Kelly spoke with the media last week. He said coaching evaluations will come next week. Okay, it's Friday. No news on that. And Brian Kelly even admitted, look, we're not just starting our evaluation next week, which of course would be this week. We've been evaluating all season long. You and me both, Brian. My evaluation has shown it wasn't good enough. So I can't imagine that the evaluation is taking you this long to come up with a decision that coaching changes need to be made on that side of the football. I, 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 Brian Kelly has more football knowledge in his pinky than I have in my entire body. I fully acknowledge that. I don't think it takes a genius, nor does it take a football guru to be able to watch that team and say that there are some massive changes that need to be made. Yet still, no news. Yet still, no update on potential coaching changes. I think that could be one of three things. First, they're waiting until after the bowl game, which I don't love. The bowl game is on January freaking 1st. That's late. That's late. You got early signing day before that. You're going to have to go right back out on the recruiting trail. You've got regular signing day in February. And you're going to start making coaching changes in January? Wouldn't you want to make those changes as soon as possible if you know that those changes are going to be made? Now, look, there could be a whole lot of things going on behind the scenes that I don't know of, that you don't know of, that they aren't going to share with us. Because Brian Kelly could have a list of, or maybe even one specific person in general, um, could have a list, a person, candidate, candidates in mind. It's kind of, you know, lurking in the background. Brian Kelly looks at it and says, hey, Matt House and this defensive coaching staff, they made a commitment to LSU. They will see that commitment through, through every single game on this season. And then we're going to announce the change. Okay, I, I see the value in that. I don't necessarily agree with that. Some of you will. That's fine. I don't agree with that. Um, I say, why delay the inevitable? Why not just make the announcement now? So that could be the case. Is they're waiting until after the bowl game. 
The second thing is they might not even be making any defensive coaching changes, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. You don't have the worst defense in America and not hold some people accountable. You don't just maintain the status quo when the status quo gives up 50 points and 500 yards a game. That's unacceptable. It's inexplicable. And that, I think, is putting Brian Kelly straight into the line of fire. That's putting a target on Brian Kelly's back. I don't think he wants that there. I think that it would be, frankly, moronic to not make any coaching changes. If you want to say that Matt House deserves to keep his job because he did a good job in 2022 and 2023 was just a weird year, fine. I disagree. I can understand that. But you're going to have to make some coaching changes elsewhere. So not doing anything, not making any changes. Now that, that does not fly with me, nor should it fly with you, nor should it fly with Scott Woodward. And I would like to say that I have enough faith in Brian Kelly. And I would like to think that Brian Kelly is a smart enough man and football coach to know that that simply is unacceptable. The third could be that they're just waiting and not just waiting for the bowl game, but maybe waiting for some other sort of process that the news could come out later than the bowl game. Because I remember, you know, the defense of 2023 is the special teams of 2022. I complained and complained and you did too about LSU special teams in 2022. It was awful. It cost you football games. It cost you the, at least the Florida state game. It cost you seven points against Tennessee. I mean, they were special teams. Seven points against Georgia. Special teams were awful. Truly, truly horrendous. It was obvious. Brian Pullian shouldn't have been special teams coordinator anymore. It was obvious. But Brian Kelly didn't make that announcement until February. Now, the reason why I don't think it's that is because with special teams coordinator, Brian Kelly promoted from within. But John Jancic was already on staff, and he promoted John Jancic to special teams coordinator, moved Brian Polian to an off-the-field role. So it's not like he was just leaving Brian Polian high and dry and saying, all right, good luck trying to find a job in February. It was, no, we're going to just move you to a different position because that's where we think that you're best fit. And you promoted John Jancic from within. You didn't have to go through a bunch of external candidate interviews, at least that we know of. That's not the case here at LSU. I don't think that there, at least I don't believe, because the defense was that bad, I don't believe that there is anyone in-house that is, again, no pun intended, I don't believe there's anyone in-house that is worthy of the defensive coordinator position because the defense was so stinking bad. So I hope they're just waiting until the bowl game. Don't agree with it, but I hope that's the case because doing nothing, it simply, it simply doesn't fly with me. All right, that's going to do it for me today. Coming up in tomorrow's edition of Locked in LSU. We'll hear from Brian Smith. Now, disclaimer, I talked with Brian Smith before Sage Ryan decided to leave, before Xavier Thomas committed, before Jordan Gilbert committed, but we will get Brian Smith's breakdown on everything else, the players that are going out and potential players to keep an eye on. Plus, we'll get some of Brian's thoughts on the SEC schedule, LSU schedule. We'll get into that on tomorrow's edition of Locked on LSU.